The novelist and scholar Nicholas Jose has suggested that Stowe's move to England, to ancestral Stowe territory in Essex, might be read as a rigorous personal act of undoing colonisation, of returning things to how they might have been. In its preoccupation with the complex problems of an emergent post-colonial world, the English roots of first-world Antipodeans, the effects of landscape and exile on character and fate, and the otherness of strangers in strange lands. The Girl Green as Elderflower is an intensely Australian book. At the realist level, or perhaps you could call it the outer layer, the setting of the novel is the small village of Swainstead in Suffolk in the early 1960s, and the story is at first glance a simple one. A young man convalesces from a major illness in the regular company of some sympathetic cousins, in the six months between the deep winter of the new year and the high green summer of June. The focus on recovery and recuperation is hinted at in the title. Elderflower is well known to herbalists as a plant with healing properties. The intention of self-healing is announced, if a little cryptically, in the novel's opening sentence. Quite how to go about doing it, Claire could still not see, but the impression was strong with him that the doing would be important, might even be the re-beginning of his health. Convalescence is a process that has its own narrative trajectory. But here, the means of convalescence is the most important thing. Claire uses stories as a form of therapy and healing. Still beset by fever and nightmare, he writes his way back to physical and mental health, reworking three medieval tales of the region. He explores themes of alienation, exile and loss through these stories of marvels and miracles, told as true tales by the real-life 12th century English monk and chronicler Ralph of Cogshall. The curious reader will discover layer after layer of meaning in this book. The name Crispin reverberates in some of Shakespeare's most famous lines, in Henry V's speech at the Battle of Agincourt, rousing his army to a miraculous victory, a speech still used to invoke English nationalism and pride in belonging. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. For he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. Be he ne'er so vile, this day shall gentle his condition. And gentlemen in England, now abed, shall think themselves accursed they were not here and hold their manhoods cheap, whilst any speaks that fought with us upon St. Crispin's Day. The surname recalls John Clare, a late Romantic poet, who, like Crispin and Stowe, lived and wrote in East Anglia, and was a meticulous and passionate observer of the natural world. Like Crispin, too, he feared madness, though for different reasons. Unlike the poets, Crispin's mental health gets better, rather than worse. Crispin's name is duplicated on a gravestone in an ancient churchyard on the way to Martlets, his cousin's old house in the village, for a Crispin Clare lies buried there. Some memory of that stone, accidentally prominent, must have led Major Clare to give his son the same name, and to his great-great-great-grandson, Swainsteadian visitors at Martlets would say, Not Crispin, Clare. There is something uncanny about this, as though the contemporary Clare were a ghostly revenant. And, in a way, he is, 
Like Stowe himself, Clare knows that his family, on both sides, originated in these parts. And for him, as for so many other post-colonials who have made the atavistic journey to ancestral lands, this place feels paradoxically like home. For the reader, the gravestone detail is a portal, a miraculous entry into a different kind of time. It's the first of many moments in the novel when time seems to have collapsed into itself, and the past comes alive in the present. The framing story of Claire and his convalescence is set within a precise period, the first six months of 1961. Although Stowe doesn't spell this out as such, the time of year is identified in the novel's first paragraph, the New Year's astonishing first white light, and the specific year in a fragment of conversation between two members of the family.